Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Episode 88, here we are. and We're here. We are. We're all here. Everybody. We made it to 88. As okay. it, that was the goal. There was a doubt. There was. There were many doubts. There many doubts. I, I doubted that. we were going to be recording right now. Well, we, we got off schedule in our uh, our shooting uh, calendar. We did. So we ha- we've had to double up here a little bit. So uh, and we, even though it was on my calendar, we were shooting. I thought we weren't. It, I, which means Eddie just ignored it. I had looked at it and gone, that's a phony thing that's there. That's not really Fake news. Jason is making fake news <laughs> on our calendars. Somebody, somebody forgot to delete that, but it ain't really happening. Mm-hmm. I had to go to remind him. <laughs> and he goes, oh, and I go, oh. That's yeah, why I, I call him Crooked Collins. <laughs> yes, sir. Crooked Collins, <laughs> once again. Like that's me. Fooling us. <laughs> Have to drive this bus. We call the podcast. <laughs> there you go. And it's hard that's to steer the, sometimes. That's the sound it makes as it goes off course. Well, it's. And it's it's leaning most of the time. Exactly, it doesn't have power steering. So it's it's leaning this way, and I'm going over to the other side and trying you to turn get it. Down. it and it's got that old power steering sound Ooh. to it. Yes. We're also having to bring the National Guard in to drive this bus <laughs> because we have we have we have failed to get enough bus drivers. That would be helpful to me. Okay, there you go. today today now uh, last week we 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 started a, a we we did week two of a book discussion. And we said we'd take a break if we had some good questions. Well, we got some good questions. We got some good so. questions. So we're going to take a break, and we're going to answer this question. And, uh, I re- and reason All I of like- you in the book club, just stay no with book us. Club. There ain't no book club. <laughs> but anyway, the reason I want to answer this question now is because it, it pertains to the uh, series that we're in right now. Yes. The Good Not Great series where we're going through the Sermon on the Mount. And I love the fact that this person who asked the question asked it in this way because it ties into what we're talking about. We're, so we're going to tackle this. It's actually a passage that we didn't spend a whole lot of time on in the Sermon on the yeah, I don't think we, we ever do. really directly address it. We don't. So this is a good chance for us to do it here. D- have we... I'm sure we've talked about it other times we've talked oh, about the Sermon on sure. the Mount. Yeah, we did a really expansive multiple series yeah. on the... like. Verse by verse through yep. the sermon on that. This is more of a of an overview. Uh, no yeah. one but me knows this, but when you were like two years old, Nathan, uh-huh. I taught the Sermon on the Mount for fifty something weeks. Wow. wow. Well, good. I'm sure that was wonderful. <laughs> and everyone was moved and ready to go. 50 weeks of the Sermon on the Mount. And there's a reason we ain't done it since. No, exactly Jesus wrong. said, I did this in a day. I know. <laughs> I did all I of this so in long, a man. day. 50 weeks. Jesus was bored. Eh? <laughs> okay. So here's the question, uh, and it's right in the center of where we're at in the Sermon on the Mount right now. Uh Questioner says, I have been reading the Sermon on the Mount. Excellent. Awesome. Good we job. are so happy that you're reading it, and we're glad that we inspired you. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we didn't. They were already there. All right. So I've been reading the Sermon on the Mount, and here's their simple question. How do I store up treasure in heaven? So they are referring to the passage in Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus makes that statement. So I'm going to read it, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. So, uh, and uh, to put it in context, because remember, we don't read verses, or don't read a verse. Don't read a verse. Don't read a verse. We read sections, so I'm putting it in context. Jesus is just, um, he gave us the Lord's Prayer, so he goes through Before that Before you section. read this, I want, I want to make a, I want to, I want to okay. make a say because you said the thing about never read a verse. Oh. So I'm... I, I, we are doing morning and evening prayer on our right. Facebook page. If we you are. don't know that, we're doing morning and evening prayer. Yes. And, 6.30 uh, in the morning, 5.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. Right. So part of 
oddly the morning prayer, the 6.30 in the morning one, part of that is we read scripture and then we meditate on scripture. And ever since we've had the conversation of never read a verse, now we don't, we read uh, sometimes 12 or 13 verses at yeah. a time. Yeah, yeah. But every time I'm like, you know, if... <laughs> And meditate on this, and I'm trying to like very quickly, very briefly explain meditation. And I'm like, you know, you're just going to think about something again and again. And I go, you know, if one thought or one verse, and then one morning I'm doing, I go one verse, and I'm going to go. I mean, not one verse, yeah. <laughs> not just one. But it's a obviously, when we said never read a verse, yes. we didn't mean you shouldn't meditate or That's memorize right. Right. one voice. That's right. There was a deeper thing, but I think about that now every morning because yes. it's a very intentionally provocative way it to is. say never well, read. It's, a, it's verse. a principle, not a rule. And right. the difference is between there's a difference between we were having a discussion on how do you read the Bible, correct? Not how do you meditate, which is a different yes. discipline. It mm-hmm. is. It is. I understand the difference, but I. I can't get it out of my head every morning when I say, and if one verse or one word sticks out to you, and then I'm like, I mean, not just the the one verse. I I release you um, from that feeling. But it's okay. It ain't going to work. work. My brain's still going to. Unfortunately, that's how things get. I get one thought in my head, and that thought sticks there the rest of the time. Okay. Now everyone else who joins for morning prayer can also be. I'm still thinking about the bus. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sad to say the bus thing is still in my head. I'm, I'm sorry I, I use that I metaphor. It's because Ed used to drive a bus I at did, one point. I did. Two different times in my life I have yeah. driven a bus. Okay. Now, are we done with all the tangents? We are. I'm sorry. Well, let's be 100% clear. We are not done with all of the tangents. We are done with that tangent for now. For the, I still want to tell stories about being a bus driver. No. <laughs> no one else does. So for the sake of uh, our producer, Joel, who's going to cut this up into, <laughs> into pieces. I'm going to restate the question. Okay. okay and good. then we can start from there. How's that? Whatever. Joel, so for Joel, those of you listening to the whole episode, this is not for you. I just want to say, Joel gave a sarcastic thumbs up. I didn't know you could give <laughs> thumbs up in a sarcastic manner, but he did. Now you know. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to reset. All right. That was his thumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think the bus just turned over. <laughs> the bus just flipped over. Okay. Question from a listener. I've been reading the Sermon on the Mount since you guys have been teaching it on Sundays. How do I store up treasure in heaven? So I'm going to read the passage. We're going to put it in context so that we can get the full meaning of the passage. And we're going to talk about that segment right there. So Jesus just finished talking about um, the Lord's Prayer. He gives us that. Then he goes on to talk about fasting and how we should not do that for human approval. We should do that with the eye on us and God and all that. Not, not seeking that kind of a reward, but a different kind of reward. So he says that passage. Then he says this, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And then he goes on, he says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with the light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actual, actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And then he goes on to that famous worry passage, which I'm going to teach in this Sunday. This coming no, Sunday. I, uh, okay. As of the All right. recording. So, anyway, that's the passage. 
So let's talk about and, and get right at the question. So very simply, how do I store up treasure in heaven? How does that work? Well, I, I get, I, you know, one of the things I thought of when I first heard that and the passage immediately came to my mind that I would want to say to the person is you certainly, this verse is certainly not getting at the way that I have most, oh, I shouldn't say most often, many times heard it misused by preachers. Mm -hmm. This is not about you store up treasure in heaven by giving me some of your treasure. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, those, that's most often when this passage is quoted, it's quoted in giving messages of, yeah. hey, so don't store up treasure on earth, you know, mm. and you like in your bank account. Right. Give it you, a, should, put it put, you should give it to God and put it in his bank account. Like and, there's like a heavenly bank right. account. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm not saying that there isn't that your giving isn't somehow related to all of that sure. kind of, I'm yes. just saying that is not what Jesus is talking about. He is not Good. saying it's a one for one dollar transfer. Good. Now well, that we've cleared up what it's not. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, and I think in so in for the sake of not just reading one one verse, but getting it in the context of everything as you've said so far, Jesus has been going through this general idea of this is what it looks like to live in the kingdom of God. Uh, and so he's already gone through. Here's things people in the kingdom of God, they remove from their life uh, because they hinder you from being a good person. So we, you've already taught on anger yeah. and lust and deception. Mm -hmm. And ultimately what that gets me to is Jesus is trying to form me into a person who is interested in uh, what God says is good, which is always uh, the good of other people, mm -hmm. which is always that I would look at people the way Jesus looks at people. And that's why that second part, and I'm going to get back to the answer of the, the, the treasure in heaven, but I think that second part where he talks about the eye being the lamp of the body is so critical to this. Jesus is addressing there is a way in which our money, and often we talk solely about just greed, but even the way that I handle my money and I, and I use my money, it becomes a lens through which I see the world. Uh, and people become uh, either producers, uh, human beings become producers or consumers to me. It's a very dehumanized way of looking at people. And just like anger and lust deception you you preach uh just a couple of Sundays ago at this point about approval seeking all mm -hmm. of that turns people into objects for me to manipulate when money becomes the end goal mm -hmm. which in this term storing up treasures here on earth right Jesus tells a story at one point about a man who has a barn and he fills up the barn and he tears that barn down to make bigger, bigger barns, barns. And Jesus is saying, what a waste of time that is. Mm -hmm. When that becomes my lens through which that kind of darkness, instead of now my eyes being a way to perceive the world and the light of God and the goodness of God, it becomes a darkness that goes deep down into my soul. And so when Jesus says, don't store up treasures on earth, he's saying, uh, don't allow that become, don't allow money to become your interpretive lens. Well, and I, I would, it's not, I don't think it's just money. I do think, I, I don't want to disqualify money because no. I, I just, but you know, right before it is the passage on approval seeking. And he says this, if you want to be approved by men, you will have received your reward in full. Sure. So Jesus already there before is talking about reward. And what he's saying is if you let people think you're a great faster 
<laughs> which is one of his examples, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a great prayer, mm-hmm. or in our world, you're a great Christian by you listen to the right songs and you raise your hands when you worship and all of those things. And people do, in fact, think you are that person. You have just stored up treasure on earth by doing mm. that. Sure. Because you yeah. got what you wanted. You wanted them to think you were great at that. Mm. They did think you were great at that. Mm. And done deal. Jesus yeah. isn't saying, hey, you just made a bad bargain. Mm-hmm. What you should do, he said, is all that devotion that you want to have, it should be true of you in your life. And if you will do that just between you and God, you will have reward. It just may not come from the people you want it to come from. Sure, It'll be or in the way father, you want it to Your mm-hmm. father who sees what you are doing in secret, which is in here, mm-hmm. not in some closet you make up to go pray in, mm-hmm. but you do it in secret. Your father who knows what's going on inside of you sees that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you yeah. are rewarded for that. Yeah. That... Yeah. That's what I think. So I think rewards in heaven have to do with, so there's one message, and I can't remember. I think it's Jason that teaches this. Uh, your means are your ends. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have always, and I, I, not always, I have more recently come to believe that that really, if Jesus is my goal yeah. and pleasing Jesus is my goal, that's my, he also is the means for how I can please him. Yes. Mm-hmm. He gives me the strength to do the things I need to do to please him. When that becomes my goal, it is a reward in and of itself. Yes. And I will always have that. In heaven, I will have it. Mm-hmm. I will. Well, and it, that act that you just described, it, it, it itself forms me yes. into yes. a type of person. And, I go back to the, the, the verse he says right after he describes storing up treasure in heaven. He says, he makes this generalized statement. He says, because remember, wherever your treasure is, that's where your that's heart right. is. And right. what he's saying there is that's the kind of person you have become. So wherever your reward seeking or mm-hmm. your, you know, whatever your life emphasis focus goes to, your heart will become like that. Right. And you're you're forming yourself into that type of a person. And so you will, and we've said this many times on this podcast, it's not so much heaven is about me getting everything that I want when I die. It's about I become the kind of person that can handle what heaven has for me when I get right. there. Yeah. Yes. That's what he's saying here. He's saying yes. if you, you treasure the things that are God and of God, you are formed into the type of person where on, on the day that heaven and earth do collide and, and the new creation comes, you'll be right at home. Yeah. There'll be no, as Paul talks about it, the burning off of everything else right. and the purifying through like through a fire that you'll have to go through in order to be able to exist in a world like that. Because that's what this life is. It is us preparing and and ushering in mm-hmm. what God is bringing into this world in the in the renewed state. Right. Well, and I really do believe. You know, you mentioned the where your treasure is. That's where your heart will be. Also, I really do believe we are more formed by what we love than what we believe. And oh, completely. 
And it's opposite of how most of us live because we primarily, and I'll even say in the church, we think of human beings as thinking beings. We are so formed by the Descartes idea of I think, therefore I am, that, that reality exists here and not in my body and in my heart and in what I love. And what Jesus is pointing here, and we know this is true. What I do often leads to what I love. And I will convince myself, no, I got to love it first before I do something about it. But as Jesus says, where you put your treasure, or in the the example you give, where I do my good deeds, where I am fasting, what I'm sacrificing for. And where I'm investing. Where I'm investing. It's included. Money as well. Those things will be what I love. Yes. And... Because I've said this to Jennifer, we uh, uh, one of one of the things that I do every Saturday is I take one of my daughters out for a daddy daughter date, and I take a different one out every Saturday. And occasionally, one of the things they want to do is they want to go to a store. And so we just go and we look around. If they have, they get allowance. So if they have money, they spend it. Sometimes they just want to go walk around. And I've told her, I said, there's <laughs> there's a weird sense I get every time I go into, and I'm sure you guys have been in the store before, but it makes me uncomfortable. Have you you've been in Target before? <laughs> okay, what makes you uncomfortable about Target? Well, I told her, I said, I, I, I watch as I walk in and I see people, and it, it appears as if, for, for many people, Target is the highlight of their week. I get to go to Target, I feel lighter, I got my little coffee, I walk around the store, I feel better, I get to purchase this little thing, and it makes me feel good. I even actually just recently was reading something, and I told my wife, I said, this is what I've been saying. It was this book that was talking about um, the religious experience of going to stores, because huh. we even, we have an altar that we take our sacrifice to, <laughs> we pay our money, and I get to leave with a token That makes me feel good about myself when I leave. And I told her, I said, for many people, and I I include myself, and I think this is where we get, we, we, we miss what we love. That little experience of shop retail therapy, Mm. of I'm going to feel better when I spend my money, it shows where my love is, that I think there is this reward. And we do it with different things. We, some of us do it with football or with, uh, with some kind of uh, sport experience or maybe it's education for you. But the rhythms of my life, where I'm spending my time, where I'm spending my money, they reveal, and the Bible might even refer to it as idolatry, that this is the sure. thing that I worship. And we don't see it that way because I think I'm fully in control. I don't love these things. I'm not obsessed with these things. And there is a way in which, and Jesus says, where you put your treasure, what you choose to treasure, what you choose to spend your time on, where you choose to sacrifice, because that's what we often miss. That's what the word passion ultimately means is what you're willing to suffer for. Mm -hmm. That's why it's the passion of Christ. He was suffering. Passion and suffering are linked. We think of passion as, I used to say to people, you seem so passionate. I'm passionate about everything. I'm not passionate about almost anything because I'm not willing to suffer for the Hawks. I'm not. I often will turn the game off when they're losing. I'm not su- I'm not passionate about the Hawks. I enjoy the Hawks. Yeah, the honest truth is the only people on any sports team that are passionate about that team are the people, the people who playing. are playing on the team because yes. they have sacrificed yes. to win. And there are people who are I will say this, I am passionate about my body because I'm willing to mm-hmm. suffer when I go to yeah. the gym and I sure. will put my body which sometimes I have to even within myself go is this, am I making vanity, mm-hmm. idolatry of my body a thing? Now, if I'm doing it for my health and all of that kind of stuff, and maybe I'm doing it because I want to, you know, I want to take care of what God has given me and I see this as a way and I'm suffering in that sense. But 
It's what am I willing to suffer for? And so when you talk about storing treasures on earth, it may be what am I giving my money to? Yeah. It may be what am I giving my time to? Well, the to? person's question is directly how do I store, how do I get rewards in heaven? Yeah. No, store treasure up treasure in heaven. You store yeah. up treasure in heaven by treasuring what's in heaven. Yes. Right? I mean, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Mm-hmm. So you have to first decide what's in heaven, what really matters to heaven, what's the kingdom of God about. And then I begin to direct my heart and life toward the things that are kingdom of God and heaven values. But I have to be really, really careful because uh, they can, there are ways I can take anything and our enemy is so clever that uh, I can take good things like people, people are in heaven. And Mm -hmm. so I can, I can make my goal of helping people get to heaven, let's say that can become my passion in life. But that's not what's supposed to be my passion. Mm -hmm. Jesus is supposed to be my passion who drives Mm -hmm. me then to love people. And a part of loving people is helping them experience Jesus. Mm. But I can't make their result of loving Jesus my passion because I have very little control over that. Yes. Yeah. I, I, honest, I shouldn't have said that. I have zero no control, control yeah. over that. Yes. I have zero. The only person I have control over, and I've watched this with parents. I'm in the middle of this with parents I love right now that are struggling with children that are off track because uh, that's the age I am and that's the age our kids are and their kids are off track. And they... They feel like they have made really bad choices, therefore their kids made bad choices. And the truth is, good or bad choices, your kids also have choices. Cause, and yeah. they'll make good or bad ones. Yeah. There are people in our church that their parents made really bad choices their parents' whole life long. And the kid, for almost their whole life, has made really, really good choices. Right. So I could say the way to get your kid to make <laughs> bad choices, I mean, good choices, is you make terrible choices. Yeah. If I use that one example, yeah. but nobody wants to go down that path. Mm-hmm. Well, so then you can't say if I make really good choices, I guarantee that my kid will make good choices. They have choices. Well, so yeah, and I, I have to store up the treasure. The ultimate treasure of heaven is God. God yes. is the treasure of heaven. Yes. And so if I want to store up rewards in heaven... He must, it's why Paul says, I forsake all to know Christ. Mm -hmm. Everything Mm -hmm. I count as worthless to know Christ. Yep. Well, I I think when you talk about treasure in heaven being Jesus, and you're right, there's this way in which um, even my religious good deeds, as Jesus has already talked about, and you've just preached a sermon about, or even prayer become no longer my, my ways of revealing or, or suffering in love for Jesus, doing what I, what I want, you know, I think he wants me to do. They become the end goal themselves. I'm going to do these things. And like you said, maybe it's the approval of other people or I somehow... Or ultimately, I think somehow they gain the approval of God. Yes, God is somehow doing this. (laughs) Or going back even further in our things, all of these different things of... That's why Jesus talks about first, you got to remove contempt from your life. You have to remove lust from your life. That you have to get yourself to a point that your deepest love is Jesus 
above all other things because, as in this one, money or approval or control of other people or lust or all these other things, they can become the end goal. And if you're not careful, uh, that'll be what happens. And you'll and what you'll do is you'll marry Jesus to it and you'll convince yourself Jesus is angry about what I'm angry about. And Jesus wants me to be even, and this is where it gets really dangerous, especially when it's matters of injustice and it's matters of things and you go, Jesus wants me to be angry about this. And I just recently saw a psychologist that said this, and he said, and because he he was counseling two people who do social activism, and he said, anger is uh, like putting jet fuel in a, a gas grill. He said, it burns too hot for your lifetime. You can't, he goes, it might be the spark that gets you, like you mentioned on yeah. your message, it might get me to turn inward and say, is this fear, is this hurt, is this well, frustration? Should. But love is the motivation for why we address injustice in yeah. the world. It is not anger that makes mm-hmm. me address injustice in the world. Uh, it's like old Dallas used to say, everything you can do in this life with anger, you can do, you do better, better without, without it. it. He, 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 I was just about to say that line and he would always go on to say, you're right. He said, I hear many messages that anger is not a sin. And he goes, it's not, the Bible doesn't call anger. It's a normal human response, but it is so dangerous to Mm -hmm. the spiritual life. Right. Yes. It is. And I say that as a person. It's the root of, it's the root of so many other sins. So many other things. It it leads us to really, really bad places. Mm. Well, and I, that's why I love this psychology. I don't know if they're a believer or not, but it talks about it being jet fuel in a gas grill. It's this idea of, uh, cause we know God is angry about sin. He's angry about things that happen, but maybe it's possible. Like you said, it's not a sin, but it was not something I was meant to handle. As you mentioned in your revenge thing, yeah. is, is God going to do justice and get justice for the wrongs that have been done? Yes. We, the cross mm-hmm. is evidence of yes. that, but it is not for my hands. There are mm-hmm. things Jesus, even though I am to follow Jesus' example, there are things Jesus does that I'm not supposed to do. Well, Jesus and, accepts worship, and I am not to accept yeah. worship. Unless I'm wrong, and you guys can help me with this, and I don't mind being wrong, even on the on video, uh, I can't think of an instance Jesus in his body that allowed that trait of he was God in his flesh that he allowed his anger to strike out at someone. No. Oh, sure. So, oh, sure. Oh, yeah, directed towards a, so a person. So even mm-hmm. though he was God, and even though God has the right to bring about justice mm-hmm. and all of that, Jesus, when he was representing God to us, he did not handle anger that right. way. Mm-hmm. So for us to think, I then have the right, yes. you're really putting yourself in a place that Jesus himself did not. Because it is very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. So again, I don't. We, we've now really gotten off to yeah. reward in heaven is ultimately about... It's about valuing. It's about valuing Jesus. It's about God. I want to draw close to God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I want to allow them to have work, and they become my goal. It's why the great saints we all would point to have been people that their sole pleasure in life was knowing God, and they did great things, but they were not in love with the great things. But to know God is requires some things that you will experience in this life that you probably don't want. Right. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, the kind of love he calls us to in general, the way I know that it's 
uh, Christ-like love is that it is self-sacrificial, suffering kind of love. Whether sure. I personally suffer, that I, I am willing to enter into the suffering of others. Yeah, right. That there is a way that I go. Uh, and, you know, in, when you talk about anger, even that's part of it is sometimes what makes me angry is that this person is making bad decisions. You talk about this coming up in your message on judgment. Someone is making bad decisions and I'm not angry because it's, sometimes I'm angry because it's offensive to me or whatever, but often it's a person I love and they are making decisions where they are suffering. Mm -hmm. And I go, if they do what I told them to do, they'd stop suffering. But part of loving the image of God in this person is giving up the control, giving up my attempts at control. And sometimes it's going, Hey, I'm going to come alongside you during this. And yeah, I, I, I love you and I'm, I'm here. I can't support the decision that you're making, but I can't control you. I'm not going to throw pearls before pigs. If you'll understand that when Ed preaches a sermon on it, but Suffering love, like you said, mm-hmm. I, I know I'm entering into this and I'm passionate for Jesus when I'm willing to say, I will suffer with you and sometimes for Jesus in ways I don't want to, but mm-hmm. it's what I know he wants done in this world. When, when there's only one treasure in heaven, that is God, like you just said. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's ultimately that's how all you store up treasure in heaven. You make him yeah. the goal of your life. When he becomes your end... He will provide the means you need to get to your end. Mm. And with that... Remember when you said it was probably take us 15 minutes to get through this? <laughs> it took us twice that. <laughs> That's right. So, Casey goes, ah, it would probably take us 15 We'll be back next week. Um, we have another question on tap. Uh, we're going to answer and a uh, little bit of fun, I think. Oh, Ooh, wow. We'll, a we'll little see. bit of fun. We'll see. And then we'll get back to the book. Yep. All right. So we'll see you all next week. We'll have the next question. Tune in then. Sigh.